Yo, BJ Gador with the Weekly BJ Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about is it okay to train when you're sick, sore, or tired? I get this question a lot. I've asked myself this question a lot over the course of the years, you know, especially if you're someone who's really into fitness and takes a lot of pride in being consistent with a schedule. You know, someone that has a lot of mental strength, I never miss. You know, I'm someone that has not missed a week of training since I was 14 years old. I'm 36 today, so I take great pride in that. And I've heard other people that I really respect, like Jeremy Scott, mention that, you know, fitness, it takes no talent. It just takes a commitment to be consistent with the way you eat, the way you move, the way you live outside of the gym, recovery, sleep, all that good stuff. So it is difficult when things come up, when you get sick, when, you, when you're too sore, when you're super tired or stressed out from work, to not work out or to skip a workout because you know you feel like a piece of shit, it, you get guilty about it, and uh, it affects your mood. So many of us are addicted to the feeling of post-workout, right? Those post-workout vibes, like you're just feeling amazing, you've got this accomplishment, you get this energy, blood's flowing, your body feels good because you just moved. I mean, all those good things happen. So it kind of sucks. Like sometimes we get these withdrawal symptoms, we get depressed, we get irritable when we can't get our workouts in. But it's all about the big picture. I'm going to kind of break you through. I'm not going to break you. I love you so much. I'm not Ivan Drago. But I'm going to break down the sick protocols, the sore protocols, the tire protocols. But before I get there, we got to frame the discussion with kind of recommended training splits. So it all starts where you have a basic schedule in place and how you would adjust that schedule based on how you're feeling, et cetera. So number one, two main splits, really. You've got the busy parent and professional split, and you've got the sophisticated meathead split. This will cover like 99.9% of people out there. So what is the busy parent professional split? Well, it is kind of like what it sounds. If you are a busy parent, you have a stressful job and or both, you're going to have to really look at modifying or building a workout schedule that just makes a lot of sense for a higher stress lifestyle. A lifestyle where there's a whole lot of time for yourself as maybe there used to be when you didn't have kids or you didn't have a really busy job. You know, we can't all train as long or as often as we did in college or high school, right? We've got more commitments and you've also got limited recovery ability. You can't recover the way you did when you were younger. So it is about putting a really sustainable schedule in place. One of the things I'm most proud of in my fitness career is that I identified early on this three times per week workout schedule that just made sense for the masses, the busy parents, the busy professionals. And it's not just about what this can do for you in four, eight, or 12 weeks. It's can you do this forever? I've had people follow my workouts for 10 plus years. That's not easy, right? Like anybody can sell a rapid fat loss program or a shred or whatever, you know, a 12-week muscle gain or a 12-week chest build or whatever it is. But very few people can find or create a training system that can resonate with people enough that it can become part of their life for a year or more, five or 10 plus years. Then we got a serious, it's a true testament to the fact this is sustainable. This works. And will you be, you know, the most fit person in the history of the world? Maybe not that a lot of that's based on genetics, everything else, but uh, you will at least for yourself maximize your fitness. And and because of the fact you can be consistent with it and you can build upon it in the weeks, months, and years to come. So what does that look like? It tends to be for people looking for general fitness, more fat loss focus, right? And I always go to, you know, I wasn't the cover of Men's Health, but I actually am not the typical Men's Health model. I'm like 6'2", 225, 230. They told me I was actually too big 
for, you know, most of the men's health covers and that type of thing. It was typically like what they were looking for was, you know, the five eight five nine guy who's like a buck sixty five. He's lean. He's got some muscle definition, some muscle separation. He can see the muscle groups, but he's not like vast, overly vascular or not too big. You know, like he's accessible. You know, it, it's that look that you know typically you know guys want to be like that, look like that, or women or guys want to get with that, right? So you know that that is. You know, and for women as well, that's that you know lean athletic look, right? And uh, you'll have you'll have strength, but it's more about you know endurance and mobility and the comb- combining as many fitness qualities into a single workout to maximize the investment from a limited time, right? So, you know that's important as well. Three whole body workouts per week in thirty minutes or less. That's the hallmark of the DailyBJ.com. You can get a free three day trial to that as well, and. Again, you can get great results with this stuff. We're blending strength and cardio, boosting metabolism, getting mobility benefits, lots of energy. And again, because they're uh, minimal time, minimal equipment, these workouts travel well. They can be done at home or taken to the gym. Again, it builds in a sustainability to what you're doing. And what's great about it too is it builds in four recovery days. If you have kids and you have a high-stress job or both, you need more recovery than you need intensity or extra stress in your life. Make no mistake about it, my workouts, anybody's workouts, they're stressors, all right? And, and the right amount of stress can create an adaptation and create change within your body. You have too much stress on top of stress that's already built into the way you live your life. It's a recipe for disaster. It's not sustainable. So what I love about this, you know, three higher intensity workout days and then four days recovery built in, super sustainable. And it puts you closer to the edge of getting more recovery. And that's what most of us need. It's very easy to start, you know, you, you do two or three workouts a week. And, okay, if I got this amount of results on two to three sessions, if I doubled it, I must get even more results. And, yes, it might factor that way in the short term, a special deadline in place or you're getting ready for photo shoot, whatever else. But long term, like, doubling the stress is not going to be something that most can do for more than six months, more than a year, right? So if it's not sustainable, it's questionable. It's a hallmark of almost everything I recommend to you guys and gals. And I, I really uh, want you to think about the big picture and all this stuff because it frames the, it really frames the conversation. Now, what does that four-day recovery build-in really mean beyond just the extra recovery? It also allows you on a, on a sick day or you're super sore or you didn't get enough sleep the night before to say, okay, I was supposed to train Wednesday but I'll just push it. I feel like shit today. I'm just going to do some light walking, mobility recovery, you know, little Netflix and stretch at night while watching TV. And then I'll just do my Wednesday workout on Thursday and then push my Friday workout to Saturday. You see how that kind of works? It builds in some flexibility into your schedule so that you don't have to fucking push yourself on a day when your body's not ready to push. And that way you're still building in at least 48 hours of recovery between these workouts and you can you know, move days around over the course of a given training week to just be flexible, right? You want to be flexible with your diet. You want to be flexible with your training. If you're too rigid in all this stuff, you're going to add more stress to it. You'll have anxiety about, you know, missing or you'll put yourself in a situation where you, you push yourself too hard one day when you're sick, tired, or sore. And, and in those situations, your body will not only have impaired performance, right? But you're also going to be at the greatest risk of injury, Right when when you when your system is stressed out, when your recovery resources are already low and limited, you throw high intensity training on top of that, and, and those are the days where, especially as you get older, you know, uh, it could really set you back. Not just days, weeks, months. If you really hurt yourself, or 
you know, push the envelope. So just understand that. That is a split that I have seen. Uh, my stuff has been, you know, people all over the world, millions of people have accessed my stuff. And I've gotten thousands of people to commit to this consistent three days a week schedule of whole body workouts, more metabolic conditioning emphasis, circuits that work your whole body. And uh, they can get the results they're looking for and they can stick with it long term, right? That, that is the most important thing. So the other split, the sophisticated meathead split, right? This is, you know, and by the way, I'm going to, this is what I do, but there have been times in my life when I was so focused on business and I, I was really, I just went to the busy parent professional split because I just didn't have the time to think about building muscle. I just wanted to just stay, stay active, keep moving, maintain my body weight, not get too fat, you know, at least maintain my muscle mass. You can still build muscle with Metcon workouts, but just not to the degree you can with the metabolic bodybuilding stuff. You find it, you know, programs like Gorilla Corn Gains that I offer. But again, also, you know, not only have I found times where I've had to go to that because of limited time and limited recovery resources, limited mental resources, but if I was, if I had a couple kids and I had a job that sucked the life out of me, I don't think I would be doing the same. I would probably be doing the dailybj.com. I'm just being honest with you. There might come a point in my life where, I just become less interested in muscle mass and more interested in just other things. And maybe I'll, I'll go back to that. I still incorporate Metcon into my schedule. But, it, it, you know, again, what I'm outlining for you is that you got to make it work for you. And, and even super fit people have to go through times where they have to modify their workout schedule. And what what I would do now is, as someone who's just married uh, that, that owns his own business and works from home, who can build a schedule exactly to his means. And it's taken me a long time to get there. But, you know... That, that allows me to do uh, things that you know others can't. And I, I have members of GorillaCornGains.com, and I'll touch on that split in a second here. You know, a guy like Chris Scarpati comes to mind. He's been doing my shit for a long time. He started the DailyBJ.com. He graduated to the more muscle-building focus, performance focus of Gorilla Corn Gains. He's a Wall Street guy. You know, he's waking up at 4 to do these workouts. He has a super high-stress job. He's, and he's wired that way where he, like, he never misses. And, and what I've been trying to work on with him is just, you know, let's – I know you can do six workouts a week, but let's try five and then use that extra day of recovery just to unwind, de-stress. And, and you know, you're not going to lose anything. If, if anything, you might gain a little more motivation to train those other five days, right? Because uh, that sixth day might be stealing the motivation or stealing your recovery. So again, uh, you know, we're all working through this and I, there's many people that do my their online coaching group. It's like, wow, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if I could do it based on what schedule you have. And I, I'm just so impressed by so many of you guys and gals that have followed me over the years and committed to, to this whole process. It's not easy. It's not even easy for someone who does this for a living, right? So uh, much props to all of you who have a consistent schedule, no matter what it is. The sophisticated meathead split schedule. So more of a muscle gain and performance focus. We're talking about four to six workouts a week, typically alternating upper and lower emphasis, or it could be upper lower conditioning based on you know month or what we're working on. The sessions are longer, 40 to 60 minutes, right? If you have, uh, if you're going to use more intensity or more strength, muscle building focus, the sessions uh, are going to take longer. You're going to have to use both multi and single joint work. They're just more, they're more intensive, right? So it just takes more training time that that many won't have. But if you do have access to it, uh, you know that that is what it would take. And then oftentimes too, what we'll do is uh, what I recommend to my Gorilla Corns is we use a nine or ten day rotation. So I don't want you to get caught up again, like I talked about with the four recovery days built into each training week for the busy parent professional split of those three whole body Metcon workouts. Uh, instead of just being like a slave to the week, like the week doesn't mean anything to your body, right? 
let's just take nine or 10 days to get through a rotation of workouts so you can actually have a day where you feel like shit or you're tired or too sore or whatever else. You have you, you got a bug for that day, a 24-hour bug. We'll touch on sickness later. You know, that you can push. You don't, you don't miss a workout. You just push it back a day. And then if you have, let's say, six workouts to get in 10 days, again, you've got four days built in to have some flexibility built into the schedule, not have anxiety about it, get it in. And, and again, if anything, most of us could use the added recovery. We'll have more effective workouts and, frankly, more desire to train. So, you know, that's a big part of it. But regardless of your training split, no matter what it is for you, some people do body part splits or uh, it just we've gotten to this tendency to like, you got to train every day. You got to move every day. But you don't have to train every day, right? There's a big difference. I mean, if you don't have at least one to two days off and or lower intensity active recovery emphasis built into your weekly training plan, you're not looking at longevity. You're looking at the short term. And again, in your 20s, teens, it is all short term, right? You're going to live forever. We've all been there. But especially as you start pushing late 20s, early 30s, you're like, wow, I, I do want to do this forever, but I've got to really start to look at you know finding a schedule that just makes sense where, you know, I don't have to, I don't want to crush myself anymore. Like I still want to push myself, but I don't want to fucking, uh, you know, beat myself into oblivion. Like I want to feel better. You know, that's the whole point of this stuff. Your workout shouldn't rob your fitness outside of the gym. You want it to enhance every other thing you do in life. So that's important to do to have that, get rid of the masochism and start thinking about this should elevate you. It shouldn't beat you into submission. Life is going to beat your ass into submission. It beats mine every day, right? But um, luckily, my fitness allows me to have the stamina, both physically and mentally, to battle the obstacles and keep pushing and be consistent with my business, with my fitness, with my life. So beyond that, that one or two days built in of like off or low intensity, you, you have those six or tired days uh, built in for that flexibility in your schedule to kind of not just not skip, but just reschedule or push a day and again, you'll live to see another day. Trust me. So let's start. We're going to go sick, sore, and tired. We'll start with the sickness. If you're legitimately sick, you got to understand this. Again, you got to break away from the militant, I can do anything, uh, I'm not a pussy, whatever <laughs> Whatever you say to yourself about like, you know, skipping or rescheduling a workout. A high-intensity training session, all it does, it steals the limited resources you already have to help your body fight the illness. It can even make you more sick. This has happened to me a lot. Again, you know, I, I part of the journey is making the mistakes. Many of you, will, a lot of what I'll say here, like, oh shit, I remember that it happened to me. So I, I've been sick sometimes, and again, like, you know, I'm the man. I never fucking miss. You know, your, your testicles are hanging even lower that day for some reason, and you push it, and then I'm like, what could have been just a 24 hour bug becomes a three to five day bug because I feel like shit the next day, and then I have trouble sleeping, and again, when you're, you're you add like muscle damage on top of your body and your immune system fighting a bug, not good. It's just, it's not a good thing to have happen in your body. So when we look at the sickness side of it, you know, there's, let's look at this as again, I'm not a medical professional, but again, I'm just talking about how I look at this and what I've dealt with in my training career, both as an athlete and then as a professional, you know, there's three types of illnesses we're looking at, right? You got the 24 hour bug, just kind of under the weather, feeling off. You got the three to five day bug. And then you have like a major illness like the flu. And let me talk about each one of them. So let's start with the 24 hour bug. That's going to happen more often. You know, on, on those days, you just wake up and just feel off. You feel off from the get go. You, you, it's harder to get out of bed. You're just slower in the morning. You know, everything is just kind of like 
if you're doing a video edit, the video is at 80% speed. You know, that that's how you feel. You're just kind of slowly, you know, trudging through the day. On days like that, as, again, as long as it's not happening all the time, and again, if it is, something bigger is, is happening that you got to look at, you know, make it a low-intensity active recovery day. Mobility, massage, walk for 30 to 60 minutes. Look to get back at it the next day at 50 to 75% of your own training load. That's really important. So I look at, you got to look at that day as, okay, not just, don't make it about today. Make make that day about what you need to do to kind of prepare your body to get back to it the next day. Because again, if you have the right training split, the right training schedule, you've got this built-in uh, flexibility where you can kind of move workouts around based on how you're feeling, that auto-regulation that's critical for longevity. So on like, let's say I felt like shit today and I had a workout planned. I w- again, I would just, I probably walk, I always walk my dogs for at least 30 to 60 minutes. That's just, that's a bedrock to my weekly, daily schedule. And then I would definitely, let's say if it was a lower body workout, the next day I would really just foam roll and massage the quads, the glutes, calves, mobilize my hip flexors. You know, again, I would do things that would make my body ready to go for the next day, hopefully if I felt better the next day. And uh, and again, but didn't reach an intensity that would kind of impair my body's ability to recover. I'd really make sure I got a super good night of sleep. Uh, maybe even getting in bed an hour earlier than normal to ensure I get at least, you know, seven to eight hours or more of sleep. And, and then I'd look to just pick up the next day. And oftentimes I can. And if you're still a little bit under the weather the next day, just you can come back at it at 50 to 75% of your normal training load. What does that mean? Training load is basically a combination of uh, volume. So number of sets and reps, and then the intensity or the load or the variations you're using. So you know, in that case, if you're used to, let's say, a 30-minute workout, maybe you're just going to do a 15-minute workout. Or if you uh, were going to do a heavier workout with, you know, heavier weights, lower reps, maybe let's just go higher rep and just focus more on blood flow, getting good pumps, and uh, just getting the body back to equilibrium versus, like, overly stressing you. Uh, you're probably going to be a little stiffer that day. So, you know, again, going super heavy and super uh, low rep uh, doesn't make sense for most people in general, but especially the day after you're sick, you know, that your body is still a little bit susceptible. You're probably stiffer than normal. And really what you want to do is take your body through a full range of motion, get, get again, good, good, uh, heart pump, whole body circulation, muscle pumps and mobility emphasis, uh, metabolic boost, all that stuff is really what you're trying to get out of that session. So that's how you want to approach that 24 hour bug, the under the weather day or the feeling off day. Use that day and say, okay, Today is just not my day. That's fine. I'm smart. I'm doing this forever. It, there's no single workout is going to dictate my life um, unless I am stupid and push myself when I shouldn't and I end up getting a huge setback via injury, right? And then I'll come back the next day full strength or I'll come back the next day and just with a modified, you know, loads cut by 25, 50%, uh, total workout time cut down by 25, 50% and just hit it and then usually you'll be right back to your normal schedule from there, right? Then you've got the three to five day bug, all right? This one's a little more intensive, right? So, you know, usually it's, uh, you start to feel it and then it gets worse the next two days and then, you know, you're at the top and then you're over the hill and then it's just the last two days of kind of getting back to normal, right? So it's, you look at that three to five day hill of, you know, building to, to the peak sickness and then coming back down. You know, I, I just went through this myself. We traveled and, um, both my wife and I got hit with this three to five day bug. And, you know, again, I immediately, I, I have to battle this every time. I was guilty. It's like, ugh, I want, 
I already kind of made it so the weekend was it was a weekend trip. So I was like, I, I set it up so that weekend all I had to do is hike and just have fun. So I already wasn't doing any high intensity stuff that day, but I built kind of planned for it. But I, I was scheduled then to pick back up with my higher intensity stuff on that Monday, and, and that's when like I get hit with all these body aches. And but again, like if you have body aches or you're uh, you know doing a muscle building workout is just stupid. It's going to be miserable, and, and your recovery is going to be bullshit. If you have a cardio workout or just any workout and you're congested and you can barely breathe, how do you think you're going to get oxygen to your muscles? It's going to be a shitty workout, right? So you got to think about that too. And then so my focus was we drove back, and I just I, I just focused on. A really good eating day. I, I did some walking of the dogs. I did some mobility while watching TV. And then I just really laid on my ass on the couch and just got some recovery and got a good sleep. And the next few days, I was still kind of feeling it. So I, again, I just, I did my walking. I did my mobility, my massage. And uh, I looked to, on the day four and five, I kind of got back into the gym or into my workouts. But again, I wanted about 50 to 75% of that normal training load. So instead of my normal 40, 60 minute work, I just did 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, loads were normal, but I, if I needed to, I could have cut the loads down. Again, I'm, I already have built into my training because again, I'm, I'm not interested in maximum strength power. I'm interested in longevity, more more the the blend of uh, you know strength and endurance uh, at this point in my life. So uh, that's a good thing too, is I never really have to worry about modifying the loads that much because I, I just use smart loads at all times. I make light loads go a long way. You know, that's just how I do it. That's that's the way I train my body. That's how I like to impact others. Again, there's more longevity out of it. And then uh, after that, you know, by the end of the week, I was back to full, full scale, full intensity workouts. So you kind of see the flow of this. And then you've got the major illness, like the flu. I, I rarely, I really get sick, by the way. And when I do, it tends to be serious. And I got hit with, at the beginning of this year, and I got influenza A. Like, you know, I went to, uh, <laughs> it was brutal, man. Like, my little brother came to visit, uh, and we were so excited to have him. And again, you, you have company coming, like, especially when he was, he's coming from Boston. He just got a new sales job. He graduated school. And, you know, I wanted to give him a really good trip here in Malibu to kind of unwind and, and decompress. You know, he's got this new job that he didn't like um, that just kind of beating his ass. And, and we're going to go to a Lakers game, just have a lot of fun. And we did. But, you know, I wanted to give him a good time out the gate, but I was sick out the gate. And then uh, he arrived that Friday. I, I started getting like chills, like for two, three hours. I was just, I was shaking and trembling. My, I had a temperature that was pushing 104. My wife took me to the urgent care and uh, I was, you know, it was bad. She, she told me like, and I, I remember saying this. First of all, I left with like this Mexican blanket we got when we went to Cancun, like in college, my wife and I, that, that's how I left. I, I was wearing this this Mexican blanket and I was outside the bench of urgent care as we were waiting to get admitted and uh, just shaking on the bench because it was too hot to go inside, but I'm using a blanket. It's that weird thing of where like you have chills, but you're like sweating. And then I stopped sweating, which is a, it's very scary for someone like me who sweats all the time. And I looked up at my wife and I said, uh, I just want you to know I love you and thanks for everything. And she's like, oh, shit, we need to get him admitted. Something's wrong, right? Because I'm not <laughs> – I'll admit I, I'm trying to work on it. I don't I – don't, I should say more nice things to my wife because she's amazing. Uh, but she was definitely concerned with the that, that level of uh, sincerity and compliments she got from me. And anyway, I was messed up. So, you know, th that uh, – it, it took two weeks really to be f like okay again. And the, by the way, the doctor said, no, people say they have the flu, but no, this is like, this is the, like influenza A is like legit flu. I mean, if you didn't come in at this time, 
you, you would have been in trouble. Someone my size getting up to, you know, uh, I, w- I was past 103 and pushing 104. If I had not come in, you know, something terrible could have happened. So again, these things happened to us. And that was uh, the sickest I've been in like longest, maybe since I was a kid. So that was a true test for me because I, I basically had to say for a full week, I-, I couldn't do any high intensity stuff. You know, for the first couple of days, I was just laying on my ass. And then I tried to start walking again and mobilizing the next couple of days. By the end of the week, I, I was back to doing, you know, uh, more work. Cause again, I, I couldn't even do work. Right. So there's the mental stress that takes away recovery resources. There's physical stress that takes away from recovery resources. So after a week I got back to being, you know, business as usual and doing my normal hour walk with the dogs, my normal mobility stuff. And then a week two, I started to get back into training, but again, at, at half the training load. So I was just trying to get 20 to 30 minutes in, uh, I wasn't worrying about pushing myself to the max. Again, I was just trying to, you know, own the movements, get some blood flow, get some good muscle pumps, and just get back as I was still very congested and, uh, you know, blowing your nose constantly. Again, you just have to be smart about those training sessions. And the goal was uh, in that second week, you know, you start at 50% by towards the end of that second week, you're about 75%. By the time the third week came around, I was back to full strength and I picked back up pretty much where I left off without really any losses in performance or, or anything else like that. So again, you got to be smart about it. And it's really tough for someone who's used to, you know, exercising daily or, you know, you know, at least three to five times a week to say, okay, I, I, these next two weeks, they're a loss. But I'll t- touch on this in a second here. Like it's not a loss if you look at your mindset. If you're not someone who gets sick very often and you're someone who trains a lot and is very diligent and maybe is someone who tends to overtrain, like push it too much. You're, you're lean on that side. And most of you listening to this podcast will because you're listening to a fitness podcast. So you're obviously a, a fucking freak like me, which is okay. I love, I, I love freaks. But we're, you understand, we're not normal people. <laughs> people. Usually people, like most people, like they look at sickness. Oh, fucking great. I get to get my fucking Capri Suns, Ecto Cooler, veg on the couch, saltines. You know, it, it becomes like a fun thing because people, most people are fucking lazy. Or they hate their lives and other things are going on. Uh, usually people that like to work out, they are just, it is, they feel gross when they can't get a good sweat in. So I know what that's like. And, and it was tough for me. But again, I had for a very long time not taken, you know, give my, my body a break. And you think big picture, right? I've mentioned this earlier. No workout today is worth extending an illness or opening your body up to an injury that could set you back for weeks or months. In addition... Looking uh, on the glass half full side of things, more of a positive outlook, right? This downtime could be a blessing in disguise for people that are overtrained or might need a break. Take advantage of the extra recovery. Actually, I felt amazing that third week. My workouts were amazing. Like I, I, I was my muscles were completely recovered. I felt I, there was no stiffness, and and I just I it was like wow. I, I guess my body needed that as much as it sucked being that sick. Uh, I don't want to do it too often or again, frankly, but. Again, you've got to have that big picture emphasis and you've got to look at the positive side of things because it is what it is. You're sick. So you can't like get mad at yourself or feel bad about it. This this happens and you just you do what you can and you modify and you get ready to get back when you can. It's really important to have that mindset. And uh, so again, major illness like the flu, just try to keep the blood flowing and staying mobile in whatever you can, way you can the first week. And then that second week, you're slowly ramping up to full strength. So by the third week comes around, you're 100%. That, that's how I look at those types of things. So three basic categories 
Uh, and, and that's how I recommend you navigating that space. And, and again, a lot of this is just trial and error and making it work for you. If you're chronically sick, you got to look at nutrition and lifestyle factors and possibly seek medical attention, right? If you're getting more, if you're getting like a major illness, you know, more than a couple times a year, that's, that's not a good sign. It means that, you know, maybe the immune system's compromised. It means that maybe stress is, is, is slowly killing you in ways, uh, family, you know, work. Uh, it means maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Your, your diet is off. You're, you're maybe doing too much exercise or all of it. So, you know, that's important too. Again, I'm not a medical professional, but uh, I, w- I will tell you, if you are someone who's chronically sick, you need to talk to a medical professional and figure that out because it's very hard to be consistent, right? Part of the whole thing, right? The reason I've been able to be consistent with my workouts is that I, I rarely get sick because I take care of all those lifestyle factors. And uh, I- I've rarely gotten injured except for all the injuries I got early on in my life where I had to learn that I was such a fucking idiot um, you know, I built a training system and modified everything to a way where I could get the results I was looking for, uh, while keeping the workouts hard on my muscles and the metabolism, but easy on the joints. So, uh, since all those injuries I had before I was 22 or t- up until I was 22, I have not had knock on wood a major one since. So I, I have never had these layoffs. The biggest layoff really was earlier this year when I got that influenza A for two weeks and, and even then, I was still staying mobile, and uh, it was actually some needed recovery, and I got right back to it the third week, and I was good to go. So one thing, too, uh, again, I'm not trying to push supplements, and the only one I really recommend is Athletic Greens. It doubles as a multivitamin and greens powder, and it's actually very important to help, especially when traveling with you know immunity and keeping the immune system strong to fight illness and prevent sickness. So check out the show notes. You can get free uh, 20 free travel packs. Basically sample out to see if you like it, see how you respond to it. But I take that year round a couple times a day and, and that's been key to keeping me healthy and keeping me moving and not missing those workouts. So we just covered sick. Now let's talk about sore and we'll finish with tired. So soreness. Number one, you can't look at soreness as the goal of an effective workout. And I said this before, a six-year-old could make you sore, right? They would just have you fucking pick up heavy weights and just like run around and lift and run around and lift. It takes no skill to make someone sore. Unfortunately, many of us are conditioned to believe that if we're not limping the next day or we don't feel like a bag of dicks the next day, that 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 workout wasn't effective and that the trainer who gave me that workout sucks. Really what you're looking for is a trainer or a program that can get you results without making you too sore because it really isn't that the goal. Do you want to be limping around? Do you want to basically do a workout that makes you less strong weaker, stiffer at all other times. No, you want a program that makes you better. So again, that, that is the judge of a good workout or a good trainer. It's do, you, do the workouts actually make you better? If they're just making you sore, anybody can do that. So that's number one. But really also understand what makes you sore. There's three main factors here. One is accentuated eccentrics. The eccentric is the stretching or negative phase of an exercise. So that is like coming down to the bottom of the squat or push-up, you know, as an example, or the, going from the top of the box and lowering down to, to the bottom on a step-up, you know, those are movements that we're, we're emphasizing that portion of the exercise. And typically by slowing that down, let's say we take instead of the normal one or two seconds, we take three to five seconds, that lengthening of the stretch in a slower manner, that's accentuating the eccentric phase, and that's going to create more muscle damage and more microtrauma. It's going to create more soreness. If it creates... Uh, you know, we want to create a little bit of muscle damage because that's where the building and repair comes from. But if you 
go crazy with eccentrics, you're going to be so sore that it could take you a week to recover. And that's not good. That that's losing fitness, that's losing function. Also, some movements just stress the eccentric portion more than others, right? So you look at a movement like a pullover, right, where you uh, have your upper back on a bench, you're, you're facing up in a supine position, and you're holding a dumbbell or two dumbbells, and you're bringing, you know, keeping the elbows in a slight bend, and you're bringing that weight behind your body over your head into full shoulder flexion. That, that's going to be really stretching your lats, and that'll actually create more muscle soreness than, say, a movement like a straight arm lat pull down which is going to emphasize more of the contraction phase or the concentric phase of the exercise, right? So some movements do stress the eccentric phase more than the concentric phase. Those movements tend to create more muscle damage and more soreness. So they have to be used uh, in, in moderation and uh, under the right loads and progressively. So that, that's important to understand too. So uh, my ass is never more sore than when I do slow eccentric step-ups taking five seconds to lower. If you just do fast step-ups, you know, you'll get a good metabolic effect, but you're not going to create much muscle damage. So that's important. That, that makes you sore. So you got to be careful with eccentric tempos and eccentric movements, but they are a big part of muscle-building programs if that is the goal. If it's more general fitness fat loss, it's not as important, though you always want to control the eccentric portion of an exercise. Number two, what makes you sore? New exercises or programs. The first week or the intro week of a new program is always going to create the most soreness. Your body is getting thrown a loop, right? It's, it's, this is not what it's accustomed to. And that's good because what a good program changes it up right after your body adapts to it. And then they're, they're basically diminishing returns from doing that program further. And typically how I structure things, well, the dailybj.com, they get a new program every month and they're rotating between six workouts every 14 days. So you only, you never repeat the same workout more than twice, but you do repeat it so that you get an additional exposure to a movement. And that's usually when you'll have the increased performance and try to beat your previous performance. It's a great mix of structure and variety for general fitness. And Gorilla Corn Gains, we look to try to repeat uh, this six workout rotation of upper lower body workouts. You want to get at least two to three exposures on each workout over the given month. And then that's when I'll switch you to a new program uh, right when your body starts to adapt or usually right when you're like, I don't want to do these workouts anymore. That's, that's That's how you know the program's working because it's like, you're like, oh, this is great. I love it. And then by the end, of like, oh, I'm ready for something new. And then you get the new program. That's kind of the good flow or the good, it's basically periodization or, you know, proper programming and planning of your training. So you'll be most sore that week and then your body starts to adapt to it. And then, you know, you start to not get sore from that program. Then you reintroduce something else. And then that soreness gets developed again. But it, the soreness isn't the goal. It's just, it's a byproduct of the fact that you're changing the program and your body is now getting a new stimulus. So new movements will do that, uh, and usually a new program with different variables, changing your work to rest, your sets, reps, training tempo, all that stuff, that, that can create more soreness. So just understand that that's going to, every month, there's going to be a week where you're going to be more sore than, than other weeks, and th- that week, you do want to work through it. That That's important, because that's part of the adaptation process. And again, it's an intro week, so you're not even using, you're still trying to figure out over the course of the first exposure, what's the ideal weights and variations for that particular workout to get the effect. And once you know that, then you can really push it the next time you do it. So that's important as well. And then also increasing volume. If you're someone who's used to doing a 15-minute workout, a 30-minute workout could light your ass up. Or if you're usually doing two to three sets per movement and you try five, you know that that's going to create a lot of additional soreness. So you got to be careful with, with how much you increase volume. And uh, it has to be progressive. Otherwise, it can really set you back. And uh, the way I always look at it, you know, if a workout – a good workout should leave you at 80% per, 
performance level if you did it again the next day. So there will be a performance reduction if you try to repeat that workout. But if it's like 50% or more, that means like it's going to take you three to five days or longer to recover. Because usually what that means is uh, you do the workout, you're at 80% the next day, maybe 90 the 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 second or like 90 to 100% the second day and definitely 100% by the third. And that That is what you're trying to get. That means you gave the right amount of stress, but not too much. That's going to basically make you limp around uh, the rest of the week, which is really important to understand. So like I mentioned, the first week of a new program, you do want to try to work, work through the soreness a bit as long as it's not painful or debilitating. Part of it, getting that blood flow and, and you know, even though you're a little bit sore, you'll start to feel good once you get into the workout and that blood flow helps with the recovery. Your body will adapt to it to make it so that you're not as sore the next time you do the workout. So you have to be consistent and, and build build through to that. Again, it's also part of building the mental fortitude required to make structured exercise a lifestyle. I, again, since most of you listening will probably lean more to doing too much than doing too little, um, it, it, I, it, it's good that I'm, do, I'm setting up this way that I want you to get more recovery, but there are some people that are looking for loopholes or, you know, any chance they can skip, they will. Um, so yeah, there's, there are just certain things we can't like always skip or reschedule, right? We've got some days built in, but you know, there's some days you just got to get it in. And that's part of building the mental, mental fortitude. And cause again, it's not just about physic physicality, right? Your body's capable of doing a lot of this stuff, but are you mentally capable of getting yourself up to do it? That's important as well. So showing yourself that you, you know, I, I can be off and still get in a good workout uh, and know the difference between being like, you know, is it, I'm not at my best versus like I, I'm I'm impaired or I'm at risk of not not only having a shitty workout, but maybe I could hurt myself here. You've got to know the difference there. Uh, one out of every three workouts you do, you're going to feel not as excited to do it. Those workouts you still have to do, you know, just like during the work week, there's probably, uh, you know, couple days of the week you feel like doing nothing you got to get it in it's just there's certain shit that has to get done so i'm not giving you license to just start skipping workouts um and there is something there are benefits to getting in like i've had some great workouts where at the the beginning i felt like shit or i didn't want to do it and i just i'm like you know what just fucking do it press play on the music or in the interval timer and, and let's just get started and get to work and then ends up being a great session so don't cheat yourself out of that but start to really listen to your body and dial in you'll know the difference between, you know, not not feeling super excited to train versus like you should probably reschedule today's workout. There is there is a very clear difference once you accumulate experience with this. So that's really important. Um, but if you're if you're so sore that you know performance will be reduced by twenty five to fifty percent or more, so let's say you're used to using fifties on dumbbell presses, and like you, you do a warm up set with twenty fives and like oh man like this feels like fifties. All right, I mean, you might want to call it a day. Because you'll probably feel great tomorrow, and uh, let's just get some blood flow. Let's go for a walk or do something, you know, light cardio, and and uh, live to see another day, right? Make an active recovery date that preps your body for a better session tomorrow. But like you know, usually you'll know during that warm up. That's that's really the value of the warm up, by the way, is that um, or built in warm ups to your workouts, which I always have in my programs. You'll know quickly whether or not you just you know didn't want to train and, and just got to get into it versus like, I just don't have it today. There, you'll, you'll know. And that's the, the, the warm will allow you to do that. Once usually you start sweating, get moving, get some mobility and some motion and, and get the heart rate up. Usually people are good to go, but it makes no sense for a civilian, right? Like if we're talking pro athlete, military, those dudes, those, those gals, they're just different people. They're different cats. They're, they're, this is what they do. 
and they they've got to be able to to do stuff like that on days when they don't when they don't feel well. But even then, like, it, it, what, why would you want to grind someone into the ground like if they're not actually in a battle or in a, in a contest? You want to make it so that when those situations do come up, they they can go there, they can go to that place. That's a tra- training is all about preparing your body to go above and beyond at certain times, but not all the time, right? So that's important to understand too. But to, if you're just a civilian, no reason to grind through a shitty workout. It's just going to make you hate fitness. And again, it's going to open up the risk to injury and you'll get few, if any, returns because your performance is shit, right? You need to be able to have the right intensity to get uh, a training effect. So it isn't just about, it is about being consistent, but it isn't just about getting the workout done or going through the motion. It's about getting, you know, the effect and using the appropriate loads and, and, and if that's not the case, then just make that day a light active recovery day and then hit it hard the next day. We've got these built-in recovery days for that reason. And if you're chronically sore, you got to look at your sleep, your diet, usually not enough protein intake, hydration, recovery, maybe the programming. If you're doing, I always like the two to three sets per movement tends to be the sweet spot for most people. I'm not saying there aren't times where you go more, but again, we're talking about longevity. Uh, any more volume in that, and we're talking about more soreness and impaired recovery. So Again, you shouldn't be chronically sore, and if you are, again, that's kind of beyond the the nature of this particular podcast. But you know that 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 that's also not a good thing. That should not be a normal thing. I'm not constantly sore. When I was, I hated it, and uh, when I used to just chase soreness, um, not only was I not improving my performance, but you know, it really hurt my ability to be effective at making videos because, like, I don't even, I don't even want to get to the bottom of the squat because it hurts. Just it's going to take me like ten minutes just to get my body ready to get down there, right? <laughs> that's that's a sign that your program is, is fucking fucking with you, right? All right. So finally, tired. If you got little to no sleep the night before, let's say four to six hours or less uh, than half of what you're used to getting, because again, a lot of what sleep is, it's about how much sleep you usually get. Many aren't getting seven to eight hours already, which is bad. But look, people people have to do what they have to do. Um, but if you're getting four to six hours or less and or you're hammered with stress at home or at work, do not throw more stress on top of that. Now, if you're chronically stressed and fatigued, you got to address that. You got to address the aforementioned lifestyle factors or you got to have a serious look at your career because that career is going to steal, steal, it's stealing from you. It's stealing quality of life. And, and frankly, fitness is the last part of this conversation because your health is at risk. I've talked about this before on, on a One Nation Under Stress podcast. But man, stress is a silent killer and it's debilitating to people all over the world, especially in modern day society where we're super busy and everything's digital and accessible and we're nonstop and we're always, we never uh, unplug and we're always connected. Um, it, it can wipe you out slowly and create a host of health factors that will not only steal your quality of life, but shorten your life. So again, that's above and beyond this podcast. But, you know, if you're chronically stressed and fatigued, uh, you know, fitness is the last it's the least of your worries right now. You got to look at that shit. And I've had times in my life where I was so stressed and I was getting so little sleep because I, I made my career too important and, and forgot about myself and why I originally got into fitness was to, to help other people. Yes, but also for me, because I have like this built-in support and accountability where I, I just have to be consistent because how else will you take me seriously? And I was starting to lose that. I mean, it was all about initially getting paid to lift, getting paid to work out. And I lost sight of that at points in my life, especially in my mid-20s. And um, I, I had to overhaul things and start putting myself on a trajectory where I, I am today where, you know, now I've got all this, the freedom of schedule and flexibility anybody could ever ask for. I have, I have the freedom of schedule and the flexibility of a billionaire. I don't make a billion dollars. But we do well enough to pay the bills, 
live in a nice place and eat a lot of good meals and uh, enjoy a lot of entertainment. So, um, you know, that that was a priority for me. And again, that's a bigger conversation. But uh, those are conversations you have to have because none of this shit matters if you don't have that locked in. But if you just feel like shit on a given day, again, try a nice, easy 10-minute warm-up before deciding whether or not to train. We have an excellent uh, warm-up at thedailybj.com. uses light bodyweight movements like jumping jacks, glute bridges, split squats, bear crawls, just basic movements that usually after 10 minutes, you do that and you'll know, you'll know right away after that 10 minutes whether or not you should keep going. Because usually, like, uh, I just I was worn down, and I did, but I did that ten minutes. You got to start fast with your workouts. A good starter can get you into a great workout. I've I've had many times, especially as you get older, because again, like, or you do workouts at the end of the day, which I, I recommend doing it first thing if you can get in that schedule. It's so much better. But you have a long, stressful day, and you try to train at the end of the day, and it's like, oh, last thing I want to fucking do is, uh, you know, beat my own ass. But um, you get a good 10-minute warm-up in, and all of a sudden, you got the sweat going. It's like, fuck it. I'm ready. I'll, I'll go 30, 60 minutes now. It was just about getting started that was the problem. So that's that's the importance of having like a great 10-minute warm-up to fall back upon. It could be you know jumping on the treadmill quick or a cardio machine, but I, I would recommend making it more of a whole-body warm-up using mobility activation movements because, again, even if you decide not to train afterwards, you've at least warmed up your whole body and got some mobility built in and uh, – that's a nice light 10 minute workout that could, you know, just go for a walk then or do some foam rolling and massage and some mobility work or stretching and you call it a day and then just train hard the next day. Um, but usually a smart starter can, that slowly ramps up the intensity, can help your mind and body flip the switch and get ready to train. But if you still feel like shit afterwards, call it a day and just go for a walk, do some mobility massage and uh, just hit it hard the next day. If you're chronically stressed and fatigued, got to look at those factors. I hope this helps. These are some of the biggest questions I get. And again, since the whole goal of this journey is to be consistent and, and, and emphasize longevity, you know, you're going to get sick, you're going to get sore, you're going to get tired. But I've outlined for you all the strategies that I use and the, the way I look at things, again, my perspective on how to deal with each situation. Um, and always understand, too, when we're doing this stuff, we're not like when you when you're thinking nutrition, you don't think of, yeah, you think a meal at the time, but no single meal is going to have that big of an impact. No single workout is going to have that big of an impact on your fitness. You want to obviously snowball all this shit and, and get a lot of quality meals, a lot of quality workouts. But if you're doing this for the long time, making it a lifestyle, don't give any single workout or any single meal too much power. Learn how to modify and adjust to think about the big picture, the long term, and you'll be the most consistent person you know with fitness and nutrition and making this a lifestyle. So I hope this helps. Uh, this has guided me in a, in a lot of ways. And again, a lot of times when I'm making these podcasts, I just think about, uh, I think about all the questions you guys and gals ask on a regular basis, but stuff I wish I would have known early on in my career when I got started. And I wish my 36 year old self could have told the idiot that I was just even five years ago, but especially 10 plus years ago, dude, take it easy, take a chill pill, which is a very 90 thing, 90s thing to say, by the way. Live to see another day. Think about the big picture. I want to do this till the day I die. And part of that is learning to modify and auto-regulate, listen to your body, adjust, and then keep it going and just keep things moving in the right direction over the course of the long haul. Another good resource to check out on this episode 22 of my podcast, I had Dr. Joel Jameson on. Um, 
actually, I don't know if he's a doctor, but Joel Jameson, he's an expert with conditioning and heart rate variability. Uh, that's actually something you can use sometimes if your resting heart rate is really high on given days. That means you probably should adjust your train and do lighter work that day. Your heart rate variability, which is the, a bigger thing to look at, which is the degree to which your heart rate is uh, you know, bouncing around over the course of a day or within a reading can also be uh, very indicative of whether or not you're recovered or not. Uh, he, he's an expert on that. You can look at that more episode 22 of my podcast. You can get the ultimate 10, one, 10 minute warm up at the dailybj.com. There's a free three day trial as well to access my monthly programs. If you're looking for that great starter to figure out if you're ready to train or not, or just looking for some mobility or, or good warm ups or active recovery stuff. And again, I highly recommend athletic greens for nutritional insurance. You can get 20 free travel packs uh, with the link in the show notes, and it really is appreciated. A five-star rating and review helps us get this podcast out to more good people like you, and uh, again, we keep getting more listeners and, and more reviews, uh, and I see people really engaging. I'm going to put more time into this and get you more episodes and good stuff like that, so it, it'll it'll help all of us. I love you guys. Hope this helps. Peace.